Ecclesiastes verse 4, 7 to 12. Again I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had no son, no brother. There was no one to his toil, yet his eyes were not worth content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself with enjoyment? This is too meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they had good return for their labour. If one falls down, the other one can help him up, but pity for someone who falls on their own. If two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Loneliness. It's an experience that many of us know so well. And of course, in recent days, because of lockdown, many of us have experienced loneliness in ways that perhaps we've never experienced before. In a recent book, uh, the former Surgeon General of the USA, a book called Together, he, he describes loneliness as a dark thread that is behind so many of the health problems that he saw over the decades. So there he was, a guy who's responsible overall for the health of the USA. And he said, loneliness is the big issue behind so many of those things. And of course, that's America. But even in the UK, uh, a few years ago, uh, some research done by the National Office of Statistics led to the conclusion that Britain is the loneliness capital of Europe. So many of us around our country bewildered by a sense of isolation and loneliness. And just like that video where Nathaniel described the feelings of isolation, even though you're surrounded by people, even though you may be doing something fantastic, something so talented uh, as that sort of thing, even there, feelings of loneliness can weigh so heavy. So what do we do with our loneliness? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today as we begin a new series called Beyond Lockdown, where we think about as we begin to edge our way out of lockdown, we think about some of the issues that many of us have been grappling with in recent days and continue to grapple with as we head forwards into whatever this new world looks like. So do stick around over these coming weeks. We've got some resources available for you. So we're going to be providing some, some study stuff, some material available every week. So for you on your own or as part of a group to be studying some questions alongside these Sunday mornings. Uh, and also, in addition to this talk now, we're going to be producing an extra little uh, section uh, that is available for groups to ponder on, to think on, to reflect on uh, together throughout the week. So do look out for that material. It'll be available in the links below. You'll have got it in Outlook if you're a member of Riverside. It's on our website too. But today, as we said, we're going to be looking at this whole subject of loneliness. And for a few minutes, that reading that Emmanuel read to us so brilliantly has a few things that, if you look, diagnose our problem. Uh, what is it? Why do we feel so lonely so often and how do we navigate it? The first key thing to recognise, I think, is that the Bible makes it really clear, and we know this within ourselves, that we're made for relationships. Humans aren't made to be on our own. 
Listen again to those words. Let me read them uh, that were read from the book of Ecclesiastes. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. The book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible is, a, is an amazing book. It's sort of a, um, if you like, a snapshot of the human experience where we spend so often trying to find meaning and fulfillment. And yet so often it feels and leaves us wanting. And there he is describing the feeling of being isolated or alone. He was a guy that had neither son nor brother. So he's not just talking about kind of the immediate family relationships. He's talking wider. He has no brother. And that's not just his own kind of sibling. Actually, wider than that, no one to share life with. We're made for relationships, aren't we? We know that. And of course, in recent days, many of us have experienced being on our own properly and the feelings of isolation and ache that come as a result. For some of us, if we're introverts, we may have enjoyed the peace and quiet. For extroverts, we were longing for some sort of party. But for all of us, we recognise that we are made for relationships. And so often in our society, we focus on one or two relationships, romantic relationships or immediate family relationships. But actually, wider than that, we need wide relationships. As the old saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. So the Bible makes it really clear we are made for relationships. And so therefore, feelings of loneliness are normal. You are not alone in feeling alone. So that's the first thing. We're made for relationships. That's obvious. Uh, but secondly, there's another thing that leaps out to us, that there is a difference between feelings of loneliness and aloneness. Just because we may physically be on our own, that doesn't necessarily mean we automatically are lonely. Throughout the Bible, uh, there are so many different encounters and so many different individuals who are isolated or alone, whether or not they're in the middle of people. So you've got uh, someone like Joseph. You may know the story. Joseph's in this Technicolor dream coat. Uh, story where his family have abandoned him. And he gets effectively sold to another nation uh, and is a slave. Uh, and there he is. Not physically all alone, but of course, completely isolated. So that's Joseph or other people. Esther talks about her for a long period of time, not being able to be with the king. Even Jesus himself. What does he cry out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Time and time again throughout the Bible, we have people who are isolated, overwhelmed by loneliness. Or Job, the amazing story right in the centre of the Bible of this guy going through unbearable suffering. And of course, he's not on his own. He's got friends that are supposedly trying to give advice. But in their advice, of course, it just leads to overwhelming loneliness because they don't get it. And we all know that we can be lonely on our own or lonely in a crowd. I'm guessing that for some of us, we have felt lonely over this lockdown period because we are physically on our own. 
But for others of us, we may be very lonely within our marriage or within our family or within the, the community that we're part of because we feel we don't fit. Yeah, we can be lonely even though we're not alone. There is a difference. Uh, the Mental Health Foundation did a, a report uh, a little while ago in which they described loneliness in these way, this way. Loneliness is not being alone, but an experience of isolation. In other words, loneliness is not about your circumstances. It's about how you experience that sense of isolation. So we're made for relationships, but there is a difference between being alone and loneliness. And I'm guessing many of us know what it feels like to be lonely. And so how do we move forwards? Uh, how do we help with this condition? How do we move on as we edge out of lockdown? Uh, how do we help ourselves and help each other? Well, I think the third thing to note in amongst being made for relationships, uh, the reality that there's a difference uh, between being alone and feeling lonely. I think there's something important to remember that serving other people changes how you feel about yourself. Let me read again from Ecclesiastes. This is what the writer says. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Do you hear that? Uh, two people are better than one. And he's not talking about kind of romantic relationships. He's just talking about kind of friendships, partnerships, community. Why are they better than one? Because together they can serve each other. In fact, the author goes on to say even better than two is three, like a triple braided piece of rope where the three are wound in together, kind of supporting each other and therefore benefiting each other. And I think we all know that's true, that if we're burdened by loneliness, a real antidote is to choose to serve others. Rather than just saying, I'm so lonely, it's actually making a choice to help somebody else. And that has a direct impact on ourselves. The author, Kurt Vonnegut, said these words. The most daring thing to do with your life is to create stable communities in which the terrible disease of loneliness can be cured. Amazing. If we're not made to be on our own and yet... We may feel lonely. How do we help? Well, we choose to serve others. And that's one of the joys of a church community, uh, that we're a mixed bunch of people. And actually by serving one another, it helps us overcome our own isolation. So I guess the question is, what can that look like for us this week? How can we serve each other when we can't physically still be together? What might that look like? So serve, choosing to serve can help. But there's something else crucial in the way that the Bible describes us and the way the Bible describes community that is really important for us as we choose to navigate our way through our loneliness. And it's this, the reality that God gives us a different kind of family. I don't know if, like me, throughout lockdown, there's been a different experience as you've looked at different social media and how there's been some people, some famous celebrities, 
who they'd given various different uh, pictures on Instagram or on Facebook of their home situation. I don't know if you're like me, you look at their circumstances and you think, wow, they seem to have it so together. The house seems so beautiful. And then you begin to think, well, if only my life was like that. And we have this idea that there's these ideal situations, this ideal family environment. And if only our situation was like that. If we're single, we think if only I had a partner like that, or if if only my family was different like that, or if only my friendship group was like that, if only, if only. Our society focuses on an ideal sort of family. But God in the Bible describes a radically different way of seeing ourselves and our relationships. You may remember, if you know anything about the Bible, back at the beginning in Genesis 1, right at the beginning of the Bible, uh, we realise that God says it's not good for mankind to be on their own. And so men and women are created and, of course, the rest is history. But what we notice is that when men and women turn against God, what's sometimes is called the fall, what happens? their relationships between each other are fractured. So it's when we, if you like, distance ourselves from the relationship with God, trying to be our own gods, then of course that leads to all sorts of problems between our own relationships. Don't we know that to be true? But the Bible describes the antidote to all of that beautifully. Let me read to you some verse from the Psalms, the, the hymn book of the Bible. Listen to these words about God. Psalm 68 says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. It's describing how God cares for us. He's a father to the fatherless. He, he, he's a defender of widows in a society where they were so often outcasts. And he sets the lonely in families. Uh, now, you might be thinking, well, that's great, but I haven't got a family or, or my family is a bit fractured or it's not the ideal. But the way the Bible describes family doesn't just mean the immediate nuclear family that we in our Western society hold up. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's much bigger and much better than that, because the staggering thing from the Bible's perspective is that something has happened that means we're in a completely new kind of family. Let me read to you some verses from the New Testament. The book of Ephesians, a letter to a group of people who have just become followers of Jesus. Let me read these words. Ephesians chapter 2. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled, brought together both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. Do you see what he's saying? There were two different groups, Jews and Gentiles. But because of what Jesus did when he died on the cross, those two different groups, those two different families are now one new family, one new humanity. And what's startling about that and so important 
shocking even, is that there we realise how big the family that we really are part of is. Because you've got these two groups that were formerly separated. But because Jesus died for them, they realise what it is that unites them. And of course, the reason that Jesus died is for our own sin to get us back with God. Where we walk away from God and say, I want to be my own God. Jesus died for us so that we can be brought back in that friendship with God again. But because of that, we realise that we can't then be against anyone else. How can we have our own stuff dealt with, but hold it against other people? And so therefore, any division, any hostility between any groups is broken down because of Jesus. And that's what's been so shocking, I think, in the recent days of the stuff that we've seen on the news. Wasn't it brilliant to hear Bidemy earlier on? And how we realise that for so many, their experience is there is a real divide. And for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to break down any barriers. Why? Because Jesus broke down the barriers between us and God. And so therefore, how can we view ourselves any differently from anyone else? We are a family. And so therefore, we need to work to try and make sure that everybody's experience is being part of the family. And therefore, with our loneliness, we realise, even though we may actually be on our own, we're part of a family, a global family, because Jesus has broken down any division between us all. Isn't that good news? And so whoever we are today, actually, we aren't alone. We're part of a global family because of Jesus. So friends, in your loneliness, remember that Jesus was forsaken, isolated, alone, so that you will never be. Isn't that good news? Let's pray together. On the screen are going to come some words, some words for a prayer that you may like to pray out loud. And this prayer is simply a prayer about our own loneliness, but also praying for other people. So together, out loud, we pray. I come to you, Heavenly Father, in a time of great loneliness and pain to ask for your healing touch upon my life and enough grace to face each day. Thank you, Lord, that no matter who forsakes me, or displays disinterest in my life. You are a faithful and ever-present friend. You have promised never to leave me nor forsake me. Touch the hearts of all those around me who are facing loneliness. Comfort all our hearts and enable me to show hope to those who face times of great loneliness and pain. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,